Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says this, beginning in verse 11, he says, For what man knows the thing of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, right? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. Understanding just who hears what God has taught us through the apostles, as recorded in the New Testament, helps us to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. If someone hears what God has to say in the Bible, we know he has the spirit of the truth. If he does not hear it, he has the spirit of error. John makes it clear that it isn't an intellectual exercise, but a spiritual one. It is through God's Spirit that He reveals Himself. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's message. And it's okay if the world doesn't understand you. We are to love them nonetheless. We are to reach out to them. We are to love them, right? Do not marvel, my brethren. Uh, We read this uh, last week or the week before. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we have, because we love the brethren. And he who does not love his brother abides in death. And whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life by abiding in him. Didn't Jesus say in John chapter 15, Jesus said to his disciples, and I quote in chapter 15, verse 18, he says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you, what? For my name's sake, Jesus says. For my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. They don't know God the Father. If I had come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. So he who hates me hates my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which they did, which no one else did, they would have no sin. Now they have, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. Let's go on to verse 6 here. 
And we may have to end after this. John says, we are of God. And he who knows God hears us. And he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Those who hear the world, there are those who hear the world, and there are those who hear those who know God. Don't think it's any uh, unusual thing for you to be speaking and people look at you. I mean, honestly, before I knew Jesus Christ, and I had a, a young man, his name was David Rickards. He was in high school with me, and he was uh, a Baptist, his dad was a Baptist preacher. And David was, he was on fire. He just loved the Lord. And, and I really liked him. Um, I didn't want to be around him. Because I, was, I wanted to hang out. I was a guitar player. I had the long blonde hair and the electric guitars. And, you know, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. And, and, and David was so kind to me. He always loved me. He could see I was a punk. <laughs> but he loved me. And he would say things like, in front of other people, right? He would say, Rob, I've prayed for you. God has a plan for your life. He would say stuff like that in front of all these people. I'm like, yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> I would try to hide in a corner. I just wanted to be like the Wicked Witch of the North, just shrinking down. <laughs> he would say stuff like that. And then finally one day, you know, give my heart to him. I forget why I was going there, but I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. That, you know, I just wanted to try to carve myself out of life and I had no clue and and here this one was speaking a different language to me and he would say stuff like you know the Lord wants to you know he, he would tell me about the rapture of the church and I'd look at him and like like I was a cat with testing new eyes what you mean you mean like Star Trek beam me up Scotty you mean like that he's like yeah but then I read it for myself it sounds like a science fiction thing, but it's not. I believe it with all my heart. Do you believe it with all your heart? Do you believe that Jesus is coming? They've been saying it for years, folks. They've been saying it for years, but we are getting closer and closer and closer to the end. And where are you? Where are you? And if you are in Christ, make your calling and election sure. Do everything in your power to get rid of the distractions in your life. Put away the cell phones. Cancel your cell phone. Take your iPhone. Throw it on the ground. Smash it with your foot if you have to. If that thing is keeping you from reading the Word of God, and if it's leading you into sin, men especially, you better take care of it. You better take care of it today. If you have a problem with that stuff, you'd better toss it. You better get a dumb phone. Leave the smartphones alone. Get one of those ones that all it has is a giant keypad. That's all there is. No internet. It's just call mom. It's a good idea, by the way. Call your mother. (laughs) But seriously, men, there's an epidemic. Prepare yourself. Get your heart right with God. Stop with the nonsense that you're doing. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says this, beginning in verse 11, he says, For what man knows the thing of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, right? Following me? that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. In verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But here's the verse. But the natural man, the man who does not, he's outside of the, of, of the church, he's outside of Christ, he's not born again. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Not easily. And that's the mystery of the whole thing. For they are foolishness to him. That, that's the way it was to me too. When, he, when David Rickards talked to me about Jesus, I was just like, what? It was foolishness to me because I was unregenerate. I didn't know Christ. For they are foolishness to the unregenerate man, to the natural man. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Discernment is so important. And God, the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, he gives you discernment. That's why John, in the beginning of this chapter, he says, test the spirits. Don't believe every spirit. There's all kinds of things telling, well, I believe I'm, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the reincarnation of, you know, Alfred E. Newman. What? And I am God, follow me. I don't think so. I'm going to follow Jesus. Are you going to follow Jesus? If you're going to follow Jesus, follow him with all of your heart. Put away, like Paul said, all the weights. You know, when you're running a race, in those Isthmus games back in the, in the first century, those Olympian games, those Roman games, believe me, they would not weight themselves down with anything. They shave off every single thing on them to make them more light. You see the guys in the Tour de France? Those bikes they, they, these guys drive, they're like $10,000, $20,000 bikes, carbon fiber bikes. Every single, every single element on that bike, down to the screws, are weighed. And they find new technologies to make those things even lighter. So that guy who weighs about 98 pounds... Skinny Israel has a body mass index of negative two, unlike mine, plus 30. He can sail like the wind. He's on a light bike. You can pick up that bike with a f one finger and do this, and the bike lifts up and down. It's that light. I want one of those bikes. No, I really don't. Yeah, I do. No, I'd probably break it. I would get on it, and the thing would just collapse. But put aside the weight. Put aside the weights. Is there anything weighing you down right now? Maybe it's a hobby. There's nothing wrong with a hobby, but is it overtaking your life? Is it overtaking you? It used to be something that you do in the garage once, maybe once or twice every couple of weeks or something like that, but now it's occupying all your time when you come home from work now. Your wife and your kids don't even know who you are. You don't talk to them anymore. You're out in the garage, or maybe you're out uh, watching the game with some friends, and all of a sudden, every game, every single night, the Yankees, you know, you got to be there, and you got to be supporting. And your family, your whole life is just being swallowed up. You know, before I came a Christian, I had a reverence for God. I really did. I believed that there was a God. And I also had a reverence for the Bible, even though I didn't know the Bible. Because I, I grew up with grandparents who believed in Jesus. 
I had one set of grandparents that really knew the Lord and another set of grandparents uh, from my father's side who my grandmother had a little Gideon's Bible that I found in her house one time when I was uh, at vacationing at their house in Northport, Michigan, and I saw that little Bible and I began reading it. But are you born again? Have you tested the spirits? What is seducing you today? Is there, you know, it's, if you come to Christ, the search is over. You don't need to go to Buddha. You don't need to go to Muhammad. Those are false teachers, false prophets, false spirits. There's only one. We sang it. There is only one whose majesty is unending. There is only one who overcomes the grave, Jesus Christ. It's all about sin. Notice those other religions don't really care about sin. Who's going to pay for that sin? Are you going to pay for it in your good works? Are you going to do enough good things to somehow equal the balance so that you'll get into heaven? It doesn't work that way, folks. What a Jesus. Let me, let me just read something to you. This is an important chapter, and we'll get into verse 7 through the rest of it next week. I thought we'd get there today, but... I never do. But this is important because I see some new faces here, and I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. And just to reaffirm and re- to encourage you and to solidify your foundation, go with me to John chapter 3. We're going to end here. Have you tested the spirits? Because every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Nicodemus, this is recorded for us in John chapter 3. He was, you've you got to understand the picture here. Nicodemus was no lightweight. He was a Pharisee, which means he was one of the ruling class of the religious leaders. He was part of the Sanhedrin, those 71 members. He was one of them. He was looked up to. He was revered. He, he knew the law. He knew the Bible. He knew the Old Testament very well, at least the part of it that had been written at that time. He knew it. He went through all the sacrifices to atone for his sin. He was a, a, a good man. Notice what Jesus said to him in verse 3. So he comes to Jesus by night during the time of the Passover when they're all very busy. And Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? I'm an old man. Can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered him in verse 5. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And that sounds like a really bizarre phrase, but Jesus defines it for us in the next verse. He says, That which is born of flesh is flesh. When you were born in your mother's womb, what happened? You floated around in a little amniotic sac in your mother's womb, didn't you? You were born of water. Every one of us were born of water. But not everybody who comes out is born of the Spirit. He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's why he said you must be born again by the Spirit of God. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it's coming and where it's going, and so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Have you ever noticed somebody who's born again is just kind of flighty? They're just kind of like, I'm just kind of walking with the Lord. I don't know what's going to happen today. It sounds like a lot like Abraham. When God told Abraham to leave the Ur of the Chaldees, go to a land that I'm going to you know, show you. 
And, you know, and Abraham just left. And in Hebrews, it tells us that he went not knowing really where he was going. God didn't give him every detail. He just told him to, to get out of his country. Just leave. Where am I going? I'm not going to tell you yet. Just get going. Well, which direction do I go? Well, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I can circumvent you wherever you're going. Just get moving. And he did by faith, right? But notice, Nicodemus, verse 9, he answered. He says, how can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel? And do you not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak that what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And Jesus is speaking of himself right there. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus speaking of him being erected on a pole. It was literally a pole. They would stick these poles in the ground, and they would attach a wooden beam on his back. And he would carry that wooden beam through the Via Della Rosa, through that area going up to Golgotha, the hill of the skull. And there would be something, rings on the, or on the back of that thing, and, he, and they, would, they would put that post up, that tree, and they would affix him on that thing. Two pieces. The pole, and then the beam that he would have to bear himself as he walked toward the cross. So as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, or have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that means everybody in it. He so loved the world that he gave, God the Father gave as a gift, his Son, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you want to have everlasting life? Many of you already have everlasting life, but do you want your life to be even more abundant? Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. Do you want the abundant life? And you know, sometimes, even as Christians, God's love is pouring out upon us. He wants to pour it out like a beam about that big around over your head. And you... And that happens by you surrendering to him, by obeying him, by reading his word, by being in prayer, by being in fellowship, by loving everyone around you, serving one another. That beam is like this, and it's just coming down. But we as a Christian have this scary ability to reach up with one hand and grab a hold of that thing and like a tourniquet, just kind of squeeze it a little bit. And are we getting more life or less life when we do that? We're getting less life, aren't we? He says, I have come to give you life that you have it more abundantly so there, there's, there's something about this, too, where we have to submit to it. We have to live in it. We have to abide in him. Isn't that what the, the message said today? Abiding in the love of God. We have to abide in it. It's a, it's a place of permanence. It's something that you've got to get to. And it's not hard. It's a matter of the will in my heart. That is what the deal is. It's not about more knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Isn't that what it says in the Bible? The more knowledgeable we get, the more we think we're hot stuff. (laughs) But God says, you know, it's not about knowledge. There's a lot of very knowledge, there's a lot of geniuses in this world who have rejected Christ. However, it's not about knowledge, it's about the will. What do you will to do? I would encourage you, even if you're a Christian this morning, and I believe most of us are here in this room, perhaps all of us, don't reach up and grab that spout 
and try to squeeze it and try to limit what God wants to do in your life. And we do that by disobedience. We do that by lack of prayer. We do that by you know, continuing in sin that we know we, not, we ought not to do. Every time we do those things, we're just tightening that a little bit more. And pretty soon the life, if we're not careful, there's no life. And then is it any wonder that we find ourselves, even as Christians, we find ourselves washed up on a shore somewhere. And we're like, Lord, I don't even know what's happening. I don't even feel like I'm one of yours anymore. Where, where did I go? Where, where did I go? And God's answer to you is, you know what? It was that little thing about 10 years ago that little thing that you allowed in your life and you didn't snuff it out. You allowed it like, like yeast and, and rolls. You allowed it to grow and grow and grow and now it's got you. Little by little, you thought you could handle it. You thought you could handle just smoking the joint, but that wasn't good enough. Now you had to go to the pills. Then the next thing you know, you're freebasing crack cocaine. Then the next thing you know, you're on a gurney being led to the hospital with a few moments left of life. That's how we we squeeze the life. Even as Christians, these things can happen. And so it behooves us then, right, to examine ourselves again. I believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. I believe the Bible teaches that. However, you have to do something about that. He's done all the hard work. All we have to do is be obedient. He's done all the hard work. All we have to do is submit to it. And again, it's not about knowledge. It's about my heart, this rotten heart that unless it's saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, I am just bent on my own destruction. You must, you must surrender. Surrender today everything. Is he a bad taskmaster? Is he, is he a bad Lord? Does he delight in seeing people in pain? No, he wants to set them free. He wants to set you free, Christian, even if you're a born-again believer and you know you're saved, but you got some issues. you got a lot of things you need to work on. Don't ignore them any longer. Call upon the Lord. Get back into the Word. Get back into fellowship again. There's no shortcut. And there's no 12 steps. It's one step. There's no 12-step programs in the kingdom of God. There's one step between me and Christ. That's it. There's one step. Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for this passage of, of Scripture, Lord. It does, it, it, it causes us to be mindful, Lord, even as believers in Christ, Lord, to test, to test the spirits. There's so many of these things around us, Father, so many things being done in the name of church, in the name of Christianity that are nothing more than just doctrines of demons, so many crazy things, aberrant things happening in the name of Christ that have no foundation in your word. Lord, return us to you again. Return us to your word again. Help us to get serious about our faith with you, Lord Jesus. You are our only hope, Lord. And so, Father, we submit our hearts to you. We cry out to you now. Fill us. And, Lord, if there's anything that we have restricted the flow of your love on our life, God, help us to take our hands off and to allow you to do it, Lord. Especially for those of us who have known you for years, God. There's things that we just need to let go of and trust you and return to our first love again. Would you do that work in us today, Lord? If there are any of you here this morning that feel that way, 
pray with someone before you leave today. You can come up here and you can pray after we're done. Pray with somebody. Go home and pray, whatever. But let's re-examine. The time is short, isn't it? Examine, examine, examine. That's what the word test, when it says, but test the spirits. It literally means to examine, to scrutinize. Let's do that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.